Hi, welcome to Reverse Sequels. This is Patrick, and with me, as always, is... Ellie! Hi, welcome to Reverse Sequels. This is Patrick, and with me, as always, is... Ellie! Hi, welcome to Reverse Sequels. This is Patrick, and with me, as always, is... Ellie! And this is Happy Death Day to You, Part 2. We're talking about the original Happy Death Day. That's right, and as Patrick illustrated with that lovely looping intro, Happy Death Day tells the story of Tree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is the main character's name. Which I don't even know if they say her name in this one, but we know it from the sequel, and how she's caught in a continuous time loop on her birthday where she's murdered several times. Her goal is to find her killer. They do say her name in this one. It is Tree. And I thought this was weird. Just a random tidbit I'm going to throw out right now. The writer didn't name her Tree. It was the director. Just thought, like, I'm going to do a rewrite of this and make the name character named Tree. I've never heard the nickname Tree for Teresa in my life. Well, but there's a reason, too. It's because her character grows like a tree no you're lying i swear you're lying i swear to god that's the reason he gave for making her name no oh i hate that even more (laughs) the only thing i dislike about this movie you were gonna say because she (laughs) has branches and every storyline branches out yeah that would have been better but no no oh my god (laughs) all right i don't know if i like it more or less i still love these movies i do too i'm gonna say right off the bat one big right that i got I think this was the perfect reverse sequels movie. I do too. I think this is so funny that a time loop movie that we watch in reverse, it's perfect. Right. I think you could have watched the sequel, then watched the original, and I don't think you lose anything. I think the original works as a prequel. The original I liked, but it was interesting because it definitely had more of the horror genre feeling. Yeah, there were a couple moments like that. And we saw this before with another pair of movies. I think it was Chud. Where one is like horror and then one is comedy. And I feel like that kind of evolved here too. A little bit. I think this one was definitely a horror comedy. I think the sequel was almost like a sci-fi comedy. I think it took out more of the horror elements. But even this one, I mean, they cut away from most of the deaths. Like it, It's more of a satire than a true horror movie. The original and the sequel flow together so seamlessly that I wonder if there was one movie or they had a whole vision for you know, a franchise of movies, because it doesn't seem like they wrote the original and then the sequel. It felt like this was a whole storyboarded out and then just divided into two movies. Yeah, I mean, they did such a good job with the sequel where like every little detail I felt like matched up. They had all the same actors. They had all the same clothes, all the same. I mean, I'd have to really watch. I'm sure there's differences, but it seemed seamless. Like they shot them both at the same time. Well, what I found that was really cool watching this uh, sequel to original is that it answered some of the questions I had in the sequel. Oh, for sure. And I was like, oh, okay. Then that wasn't any kind of plot point, plot hole, anything. It answered all of my questions. It even answered your pillow question. I know one of my biggest questions is why were they making out with a pillow in between them? And sure enough, at the end of this, they're... Like having a little pillow fight and then they... Start kissing. Right. But then I guess that blows my theory that it was over several weeks that they had been dating or there was a long gap. This is just the next day. So we're already getting into rights and wrongs. I say let's go. Okay. Let's start with what we got right, which is 
99% of our predictions. The movie did give it to us. This is <laughs> right. the same day. We got um, the date right, Monday, September 18th. Tree is not a good person, and she's evolving. Like you said, she's growing like a tree. Right, but I think we really nailed that at the beginning, she was going to be more like Danielle. She's kind of a vapid sorority girl, and you know she would think that Carter's a loser. And then over the course of the movie, she grows as a person. She becomes a better person. She falls in love with the dorky guy, right? etc. Uh, we predicted the quad scene. She walks down the quad. All that stuff. The sprinklers, the global warming, the guy who hitting on her but turns out to be gay. Right. It's all the same. I got to say, I think you were 100% correct in all of your predictions. Because where I wavered or had doubts in the last one, you were like, no, I see this. I have a clear vision. And I think you nailed it. Because you turned me around on some of my predictions. Right. So Tree would be involved with Butler. That was a huge one that that I was unsure. But I think that made sense. Right. The roommate would be jealous. The the butler's wife would be in it. That's right. when I think you were thinking she wasn't, but she is. And uh, like I predicted, she was one of the suspects. So when Tree makes her suspect list of who would have motive to kill her, she was one of them. Right. The serial killer uh, plays a role here. There is more sorority time. We do hear about how her mom's death is affecting her and maybe making her a bad person. And it's a bonding moment with Carter when she opens up and is vulnerable. That's one of the moments where they, you know, start to fall in love. And then I predicted that we'd see the dad. And I really was about to count that out until the end when he does make an appearance. So we get the dad, too. The dad is in it. Um, There was even a scene we predicted where she would be in the hospital. And they're kind of reviewing her records and telling her, oh, you should be dead. Mm -hmm. There's all this stuff. That exact scene happened. One thing that I'm going to say is a half wrong for me is Ryan, the roommate. Because I oh, wavered. Oh, this is my only huge wrong. Yeah. But I wavered. Did you? I thought I did. I don't think you did. I think we both decided Ryan would not be in it, but he would be mentioned. Yeah, so I think if he was mentioned... <laughs> no, he's in it. This is a wrong. This is our only one big wrong. Yeah. But I think we had to take a chance. If we had said, oh, Ryan will be in it, we would have been 100% right on everything. And it would be boring. And this would be crazy. It would be crazy. You know what else is crazy is that it, unprecedented in reverse sequels history, I have one page of notes. Right. It was so seamless. There's not a lot of crazy stuff. And I don't even know what I'm going to talk about for Never Could Have Predicted. What I mainly have is I have a few questions and then I have a list of her deaths. Because you also predicted that we would see all the ways in which she dies. She said, I died 11 times, but I really only have 10. Yes. Okay. I thought the same thing. There are 11 days. But on the 11th day is when she makes it through the time loop. So she doesn't die on that day. Okay. So I there are 10 there was, deaths. Yeah. I think there was one mistake. All right. So we can... I'm glad you counted too. Yeah. And I counted down all the different ways. Some of them were funny. I mean, maybe we're just supposed to assume that we missed one. Or, you know, that they didn't show one. That could be. That Cutting could be too. Floor. But I counted, yeah, 11 days. Did you have anything else for right before we get into what we got wrong? I, I mean, I'm just blasting through the rights because everything was right. Yeah. So wrongs, Ryan is in it. He, I mean, this poor actor, all he gets is like one line every day about fine vagina. I know, which I think is so funny. But what I love is then that one cameo is the catalyst for him being the star of the whole sequel. Yeah, I think that was so funny. I absolutely love that. And like you said, this movie pays such close attention to detail. 
In the sequel, we see Ryan walking down the hallway and we hear someone playing a tuba and someone yelling, shut up. From inside the room, without knowing what's happening in this original, you hear someone yelling, shut up in the hallway. Oh, I thought that same thing. They even backtrack that and explain that. Right, but that uh, here's the thing that I was confused about with that. That's the wrong... Then either that happened twice or that's wrong. Because she hears that when she wakes up on September 18th. Oh. When we see Ryan in the sequel, that's supposed to be Tuesday, September 19th. Because he's walking in on them making out with the pillow. No, I thought he was walking in maybe also on the 18th. She got a fresh start on the 18th. It wasn't the same 18th. It was an 18th that would end. No, he walks in on them... On the 19th? Both days, yes. Mm, I, because I that's know. When we first pick up in the sequel, he walks in on them making out. That's a direct continuation of the end of this movie where he says, don't worry, it's Tuesday the 19th. Okay. I guess I see your point. Maybe, yeah, so maybe it was So either that guy is practicing his... Every day. Every day, and the guy yells at him to shut up every day, or maybe that was a mistake. Okay, interesting. Because I was thinking that was just like... An insane attention to detail. I thought that at first, too, but then... Because in the sequel, if she goes back in the time loop and winds up on the 18th... She does. Maybe it's not a mistake. No, because we see the Tuesday the 19th and Monday the 18th. I'm going to just choose to believe that he's practicing <laughs> both days. I think so. I think he must practice every day, and that guy yells at him to shut up every day. But either way, I mean, it is an insane attention to detail, because it's literally in the background. Right. In this movie, so... I also just have to say with this series, I think they're so funny. I said it in the past, how self-aware they are. You know, Carter's living in a dorm room. He has a decked out, totally dorm room style. And he has a sticker on the back of his door that says, Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Which is just ridiculous, you know, in a time loop movie. Right. I mean, it's so great because it looks like the kind of sticker they would hand out, you know, on like quad day at your university. And it's corny, but he put it on his wall anyway. I know. I love it. I love it. Okay, here's another wrong that I had. I thought that Tree would have drunkenly hooked up with Carter, and that's why she ends up back at his dorm room. They do not. They didn't hook up. Right. Nothing happened. We didn't see anything with the night before, and I think we did say that we might see some of the night before. Right. We don't ever see any of that. That would be another wrong. That's another sort of wrong. You know, that's actually... This has one of my least favorite things in a movie. Even though I loved this movie, I thought it was great. It's the perfect reverse sequels. It has one of my least favorite like movie tropes. In that he didn't take advantage of her when she was drunk. And the movie treats him like he's a hero. Oh, yeah. Like she's like, oh, we must have hooked up. And he's like, no, of course not. You were wasted. I... Just, I slept in the other bed. Right, so now he's a prince oh, charming. Oh, and she starts smiling, and she's like, oh my god, you didn't rape me? Oh, you're the best. <laughs> I hate that in a movie. Like, you're not a hero for doing the right not thing. being a scumbag. Yeah, yeah, I mean. I don't like that. <sighs> it's a sad reality, though, that he's going to get, you know, prince charming status. <laughs> my one little quibble. And then I had one more wrong. What? That I thought we would see the dad more in... This one. And we see him way less. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought we would see him more too, but I think that that's an okay. We guessed that the dad would be in it. I didn't realize that she was going to be blowing off the dad every day. I thought we were going to see that lunch over and over. Right. And it turns out she stands up her dad for a birthday lunch every day. I know, because she doesn't want to be bothered. Well, yeah. And she kind of says when they finally do meet, every time we meet, it's just we talk about small talk and it's bullshit. I want to talk about... 
I'm sad that mom is gone. Yeah, so, it's good, serious stuff. That ended up being a good scene. Um, do we want to talk about what we could have never predicted? Yeah, because this one starts off right off the bat with an awesome one. The Universal logo, like the intro graphic or whatever, is on a time loop. And it replays like three times. How cool is that? I've never seen that. I love that. I love that touch. And at first I was like, what's going on? I love a movie where they mess with the little... What do you call those things? The little, like, you know, production intros or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I normally hate them. I used to love it back in the day. Like, you see the MGM Lion. You see the Universal Globe. But now they show, like, 50 of them for every single production right. company. I hate that. But if they mess with it and it's, like, a clue into what the movie's about, I'm it's in. great. I thought that was fantastic. I thought it was interesting that uh, Tree mentions Deja Vu. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, she mentions Deja Vu, but I thought it was interesting that it really took her a long time on the second day to get it. Sort of. I think only because in the sequel, Ryan gets it so quickly on the second loop. Right. But it takes her two loops. I don't think that's that much. I guess I'm just used to Ryan, but maybe because he's working on time loop technology, it makes sense to him. And I'm sure they figure the audience knows what they're getting into. So it was a longer... How long do you think it would take you to realize that you were living the exact same day? I think it would take a couple times because I wouldn't believe it. I'd be in disbelief. I'd be in disbelief. I think she'd think she was going crazy. I think she would not be believing it. I think after two loops, probably. I mean, they do say, I think, you know, this movie takes a lot from Groundhog Day. It was pitched as Scream meets Groundhog Day. They even referenced Groundhog Day in the movie itself. Which I thought was great because they're not saying, like, we're anything different. This is what we're referencing. I love a meta reference. But they say that Groundhog Day, Bill Murray's journey in that movie is supposed to be like the stages of grief. Oh. Um, So maybe... She's going through a similar thing, so maybe denial is the first step. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that's really so. deep. That's really interesting. <laughs> so I'll give some credit there. One thing that I loved is throughout this movie, I felt like there was foreshadowing for the sequel because there were rolling blackouts. And in the sequel, we have Ryan's whole thing about well, we're doing experiments, we're using up all the juice on campus. Right, and so it totally makes sense. It's so crazy. I mean, so the... The sequel was written not by the original screenwriter, but it was written by the director, the guy who decided to make the main character's name Tree. But he really said like he had a vision and everything for the sequel was really already there in the original. So, Well, this guy is a genius because I thought that was amazing. One thing that I thought was so interesting that I could never have predicted is watching this in reverse and knowing it's a time loop movie and knowing she's in the sequel and she dies 11 times, for me... The suspense was totally broken. The yeah. horror movie suspense. I just wanted to rush through it. I felt like she was walking so slowly <laughs> into every scene to pull a shower curtain. And I was like, hurry up and just die already so we could get to the last death. But I thought this was interesting because usually in a horror movie, it's that suspense that drives you. And watching it in reverse, I was kind of surprised that I was just like, oh, that's gone now. Right. I mean, the suspense is totally out of it. But I mean, the suspense is sort of already out of it because we know she can be reborn the next day. But I actually thought the scenes were really well done. Of yeah. The kind of more traditional horror scene. I mean, when she first gets murdered, she's going through like a, a like a, under a bridge on campus and there's a creepy music box playing Happy Birthday. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was well done. Definitely. I'm su- but I'm surprised how much I did enjoy it. Even though I know what's going to happen, I know who the killer is, ultimately, I know that she's going to die over and over, 
I, that didn't ruin it for me. Yeah, that first death was pretty creepy. That baby face mask is still so scary. And the fact that she's getting stabbed by a giant knife that has that scream horrific element to it. Definitely creepy. But after a few, you're just kind of like, okay. You want to know something cool about the mask? Sure. So the guy who designed the mask is the same guy who designed the Scream mask. The oh. famous like ghost face mask for Scream. Same guy. And he had just had a baby. And so his own baby was kind of the inspiration for this what? mask. I mean, babies are terrifying. I know. And I think they had, there was something like they had two versions. They had a baby and then they had another more traditional mask. And everybody was like, oh my God, the baby. What is this guy's job? Horror mask designer? Yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> right. He's two for two. <laughs> I know. He never needs to work again. No, that's amazing. What a niche little cool <laughs> job to be amazing at. Yeah. One thing that I thought was interesting is in the sequel, I was like, they never really explain why she's getting sick from all the deaths. They kind of gloss over it, you know, and we guess that it was because you could see the trauma in her body from all the deaths. In this one, they answer that question completely. They say, oh, it looks like you've been stabbed. You've been drowned. Everything's going on in your body. You should be dead. You have all this scar tissue. Right. And that's what's making her sick. Yeah. And she says, like, I'm getting weaker each time that I come back. So that was cool. When, when I say, like, okay, the suspense is kind of ruined because we know she can come back every day. They, they add some suspense to it because we don't know how many times she can come back. She says, like, I don't know if I only have nine lives. So it's not. They put a little bit of doubt in our mind that she can that's keep true. coming back over and over. But then that would make me wonder in the sequel why she does another death montage. Because she knows she's going to get weaker. Now she's died like 20 times. Does she get to start over by starting in a new loop? That's a good question. I don't think so. But I think think maybe she just has to. She's like, I got to do, I got to keep dying. But I think that's still in the back of her mind is that I don't know if this can go on indefinitely. So I do have to try to solve the murder. That makes sense. Um, One thing that was a little surprising to me was I really thought the tombs, the serial killer storyline was going to be stronger. And I felt like that was kind of shoehorned in a little more towards the end. I really thought it was going to be overarching or woven throughout. I didn't think it was as prominent as it was in the sequel. Yeah, but I actually kind of liked it. I don't know. I liked it. No, I did too. I don't know. It just kept moving. It was like a brisk pace. It wasn't like, okay, we got to get into this whole serial killer thing. Right. The pacing was good. They had kind of, you know, there were TVs on in the background that had mentioned it. But I did like that it wasn't all about him and all about his past. So even though it was more brief than I thought, I thought it was well done. Right. I would like to see a spinoff with Tombs, actually. I want to know this guy's story. He's in the hospital. He wakes up and he's just immediately ready to kill people. He just gets right back into the killing. Well, I think if you're being held, like, you you know, you got to kill your way out of it. (laughs) Here's a thing that I wanted to know about... Her eventual killer, her roommate, Lori. Yeah. Lori really wants to kill her on her birthday. <laughs> Why do you think that it's so important that she kills her on that day? That's a good question. I don't know. That must just be the day that she snaps or she comes up with this idea. I'll give her the cupcake and I'll poison it. This is the perfect opportunity. When that doesn't work, she's like, well, I already decided today was the day, so I got to make it happen. Or she sees another opportunity with tombs, so she's like, okay, here's another great opportunity to kill her. She was just like, today is the day. 
It made me think a little bit of that movie, like Final Destination. Right, man. Like, it's just, just the day she was supposed if, to die. Yeah. But here's my question. In this movie, what happens if the day ends? What if she made it out through the day without getting murdered? I know. Is that possible? I I don't know. Maybe not. I kind of wish that they had went down all the avenues and explored more things. I mean, I think in Groundhog Day, one of the things people always wonder is, is why doesn't he just try to stay up all night? And I just kind of assume, well, he must have tried that because he tries everything else. But in this one, it really seems like she doesn't try all the things you would try. She doesn't just drive away and get away from the campus. She doesn't try to stay up all night. Like, why wouldn't you just stay in Carter's room all day and, right. like, lock yourself in? Right. Where well, this isn't the kind of movie that's going to ask that question. But I was yeah. really but curious. But I would have liked to see a couple Because there was a moment more... where she almost made it through one of the days. Right. And I thought... Well, what if she does make it? Will she still wake up and it's the next day because it was meant to be? I, I know. That's what I wonder. Is it the murder that's triggering her to come back? Well, I guess we know from the sequel that it has to do with that device. So, yeah, or she probably would have. Or yeah. She probably would have woken up no matter what. I love that science is the answer in the sequel to why this was all happening. I know. You know, it's kind of funny in the sequel. She's like, oh, it wasn't anything, you know, bigger to do with my mom or anything like that. But in this one, they don't actually, she doesn't ever really wonder why it's happening to her. She's well, just kind of focused on solving the murder and getting out. Yeah, you gotta just stay alive. You're probably feeling insane. Another question I had is, how old do you think she's turning? Is she 19? Is she 20? I mean, so she's not a freshman. We know that because Carter references them having a class together. So right. she's gotta be, I'm thinking a junior. You mean turning 20? Yeah. One of my biggest questions is, what do you think Tree is majoring in? Oh, that's a great question. She has a sweater that she wears that just says cheers. Yeah, I think maybe she's a cheerleader. Yeah, at first I thought it said cheer and she was a cheerleader, but... And she's got to get to class. I don't know. You know what, though? Maybe she's majoring in nursing, because why is she taking that class with... Oh, yeah, Dr. Butler, who's a full-time working doctor and also a professor at the university. Yeah. Dr. Butler's an odd (laughs) one. Questions about that. Whose wife just is always hanging around work. Is she a doctor? I don't know. But it seems like Tree's not a good student. I mean, when she breaks up with Dr. Butler, he's like, I'm not going to let you coast in my class anymore. She says she dropped it. I mean, she seems like she doesn't really care about school. Right. But I wonder, is she taking that class as a gen ed or is that her focus? Is she trying to get into some kind of medical field? Or I would guess maybe she's in like communications. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I wish they would have said what she was majoring in. That's kind of fun. Um, yeah, because what do you think Carter's majoring in? What class did they have together? They probably had a, a, like an anthropology class together. <laughs> All right, I like that. I had a lot of questions about that. Like, not that really mattered to the movie, but just I'm curious, like, what was her major? I wanted to know, she has a poster in her room of a band called Garden of Elks. Yeah. Have you ever heard of this band? No, are they real? Did you look them up? I looked it up. They're a real band. And I looked them up on Spotify. Like, every song has, like, 2,000 listens. So... Is this somebody associated with the movie's band? How awesome. Do you want to listen to them? Yeah, let's hear a little Garden of the Elks. All right, this song is called This Morning We Are Astronauts. This is Tree's favorite band, apparently. And- Now, here's my question. Wait, did you hear the chorus? 
Oh, okay. There's a little theme with the... Haven't we lived this dream before? Oh, okay. Maybe that's why they picked him. But is that... Yeah, is that her vibe? I guess. I wouldn't have thought so. But, you know, we don't know her backstory. She seemed to be like a loving, good girl, and then her mom's death changed her. Yeah. So who knows who she was before? You know what perplexed me? The scene with Becky sits down with a breakfast and is immediately ridiculed for eating. That's the joke. That's the gag. But... She has, like, a full glass of chocolate milk. Right, and then they're like, is that chocolate milk? Yeah, what college student is drinking chocolate milk? And how common is it to get it in a giant open glass? (laughs) And what else is she eating with it? There was, like, four things on her tray. Everything on that tray looked weird. Yeah, I mean, that was a weird scene. I I guess it was all for the payoff of when... Carter bumps into her and the chocolate milk spills. Yeah, but then also Tree takes the chocolate milk and dumps it all over Danielle's head. But I I mean, that would have worked with milk, too. Well, I guess chocolate milk is unhealthy, so they had to call that out. It was a weird choice. It was very weird. Or like all the other things you'd be eating. Maybe it's just that's what they think college students eat. (laughs) And drink milk. I can't remember the last time I had chocolate milk. I loved chocolate milk as a child. (laughs) I really did. At school, you'd get to choose between regular and chocolate, and I always chose chocolate. chocolate. You wouldn't be allowed in this sorority. Yeah, probably not. I mean, they really, in this one, make Danielle, like, so despicable. I love it. She (laughs) makes fun of the handicapped. She makes fun of overweight people. I love this actress, though, because she's so committed, and she just sells it. And I love when a villain character goes all in. Goes all villain. She was great. You know, here's one thing I didn't understand, though, was Danielle's one of the suspects. She's on the suspect list. There's a point where her and Tree, like, get into an altercation, and they both get hit by a bus. Yeah. And then she decides that Danielle's not the killer because they both died. Why did that clear her? How does she know that she wasn't the killer and she got killed? Oh, I see what you mean. Because I don't think the killer can get killed in the reality. I don't know. Because every other suspect gets cleared when she gets murdered while looking at that person. So she's spying on the wife. She's spying on the guy who hit on her watching gay porn. And all those times she gets killed. But with right. Danielle, they both get killed by the same thing. But I think in the both of them getting killed, that exonerates her because how could the killer get killed? Because it's a different timeline. I don't know. Well, maybe it's just the fact that she wakes up and it's still the same day. She knows she wasn't the killer because she thinks if she solves the murder, yeah, it'll she'll move on. Okay, all right. I might have answered it for myself. I'm okay with it. Do you want to go through the deaths one by one? Yeah, please. So the first death you already mentioned is the music box, creepy ambiance, under a bridge. The original murder. S- yeah, stabbed by the baby face mask killer. Okay. Um, so that's the first death. The second death is also a long, drawn-out death. She stabbed at a frat party um, with a bong, a broken bong to the f- oh, yeah, face. Also by the babyface mass killer. The third death, she's barricaded in her own dorm room, which you would wonder, how did the killer get in? Well, if it's her roommate, she's clearly hiding behind the shower. Yeah. And again, the babyface mass killer stabs her. Then we get a murder mm. montage. 
Fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh death. She's watching that guy masturbating to gay porn, and she gets stabbed. Then she gets drowned in a fight with the doctor's wife. Right. Then she and Danielle are hit by a bus. Then she walks down the quad naked, which I think is fun. She just kind of doesn't care anymore. Then we get out of the killing montage, and we get the last few deaths. We get eight, nine, ten. In the eighth death, she's at the hospital. Gregory's there. She has to run away from the killer, and then she gets arrested. Oh, this she is pulled such over. a good one, yeah. This was actually a really suspenseful one. The cop is at the car asking her for license and registration. She stole Gregory's car or somebody's car, so she had to get away. The cop gets hit by the killer who's driving another car. Yeah, well, so the cop arrests her, puts her in, like, handcuffs her, puts her in the back of the car... Then out of nowhere, he gets hit by the killer driving a car. And then they see the gas is leaking and the car explodes. I love this. But she lights a birthday candle and drops the birthday oh, candle into the gas. Oh, it was so well cool. shot. Yeah, yeah, that was really well done. Then the ninth one is the tombs killing. So there's a gun in the hospital. There's tombs. Now, this one I thought was really interesting because she kills tombs. And she's like, I did it. I got my killer. This is great. But Tombs had killed Carter, yeah, who had come to her arrest. Yeah, his neck. Yeah, brutal. Mm-hmm. And she just thinks, I don't want to live in a world where Carter has died. Right. So she kills herself for love. Right. Wouldn't that have sucked if even though she, she didn't wake up the next day? Yeah, <laughs> even though she really thinks that she finally got her real true killer. Right, but now she knows, okay, he's the killer. Now I know what to do the next day. Right. So she's all fired up the next day. Mm -hmm. She's so excited. And that's when she gets the poison cupcake. She makes it through the day. She eats it. But then she wakes up and it's her birthday again. Right. So she's like, no, something went wrong. And that's when she pieces it all together with the roommate. Right. That must have been so cool. Like, I wonder if we would have not known. But it must have been so cool to watch it the first time. And have that kind of, oh shit, it's not Tombs, it's the roommate. Yeah, the roommate who's nice to me gave me this cupcake. She, Yeah, it makes so much sense. It's a good killer to have. Yeah. Their ending fight I thought was so good. It was so funny because when the whole plot is revealed, she's like, you're killing me over some guy? <laughs> and then she's like, well, also you're a dumb bitch. I thought it was so funny. That's what I like about this movie is it is really funny. Yeah, they have this whole violent girl fight. She gets thrown out the window just like we said. Yeah. Or I guess she told Kicked. us in the sequel. Um, yeah, that was a great death. And then there's this girl who the whole movie is just sitting on the steps. She doesn't even have any lines. Listening to music, always waving hi. <laughs> and then she has to see that roommate splat right in front of her. Then that was I, great. I love the ending scene, too, because, of course, they're like interviewing the sorority house. Danielle's on TV <laughs> doing oh, yeah. an interview. That was good. Well... My only quibbles with that part is she doesn't have to stick around to answer any questions. She's just out to breakfast with Carter. Yeah. You just killed somebody. No, I agree. Because I was like, how did she get away? But I guess it was self-defense. Right. But you still have to be part of the police. (laughs) You don't just get to say it was self-defense. And they're like, all right, have a good breakfast. Enjoy your birthday breakfast. (laughs) Yeah. So also like her dad calls. I mean, it's just a quick phone call. She's like, oh, I'm fine. You murdered somebody. Yeah. Are you messed up? You killed somebody, but I mean, that's some serious shit. Don't you think dad would show up? Right. He's just like, oh, you're okay? All right, I'm going to go back to work. 
you killed somebody on your birthday. I had the exact same feeling, but I was like, you know what? I wanted to wrap up. I think this is good. But it makes the second one all the more devastating when she wakes up on the same day and she's oh just like, God. ah! Yeah, she went through all that. I know. It's so funny. Like, I kind of feel her wrath for her. I know. And her change in tone from the first to the second makes so much more sense where she's like, fuck this shit. I've done this already. Yeah. Let's go. I almost want to watch the sequel again. I know. I it's know. Such, it's because it's a perfect loop. I could watch the sequel again, then go back to the first one. We could watch them out of order. You could watch them in order. So good. Who knew? Happy death day to you. I know. Here's a little detail I liked too. This is just like a random thing in my never could have predicted. In the first couple times when she wakes up, she puts back on her own clothes. Yes. Including those red high heels that you called out, but she's got like a glittery top. And as the loops go on, she keeps just wearing Carter's clothes. Right, because so, it's not worth it. It saves time. But I thought it was just a nice little thing. She's like, yeah, number one, she's sick of changing her clothes. She's like, I'm just going to stick with these ones. But also, I think that shows her growing as a character. Oh, like, yeah. She doesn't care about, you know, her the fashionable clothes anymore. Her image She's like, fuck it. I'm just going to wear this. That's so funny. That's cool. You know what we didn't talk about and never could have predicted was the Pleasure Dome. Oh. It was that weird fucking guy who she's going to hook up with at the party. Yes. What was this scene? Okay, that was the (laughs) second death. They go to a frat party. It turns out to be a surprise birthday party. Then there's a guy there that, you know, it kind of shows her character. Because I guess she had made out with him the night before, but it's a guy that Danielle really likes. Yeah, she's breaking the girl code. I know. So we know that Tree is kind of a bad person. He's into Tree, so he invites her up to his bedroom, which is such a hilarious frat boy bedroom. (laughs) It's so lame. Um, And then he's like, welcome to the Pleasure Dome. (laughs) And he puts on this electronic music and lights. dancing. And just starts dancing. Is he into the dancing? Is he on drugs? Does he think this is a mating dance? Yeah, this is like his seduction moves. No. No. (laughs) And I like how she's like immediately like, the music's a little loud and I'm going to get out of here. Right. She's out. Um, And then he's getting murdered in the background. I love that (laughs) That was so funny. And she can't hear it over the loud music. (laughs) Oh, and I love how like one of his frat brothers busts in while she's getting stabbed on the bed and she's like oh help help and he's like half drunk and he backs out i mean that's why i think this was like a really good satire it was a good um right it illustrates the perils of college life for sure here's a question i have in the loop she watches the same episode of teen mom like (laughs) at least five of the loops uh, two questions. One, would you keep watching the same episode if you were reliving the same day? Could you change the channel? Another question. What? That's got to be like one of the worst things I could imagine having to watch on a loop. Like that would be my <laughs> idea of hell is having to watch Teen Mom every day. Could you imagine a worse show to have to watch every day? I would think maybe not a worse show, but maybe like the same episode of Jeopardy or something. <laughs> well, that's something. what happens in Groundhog Day. Exactly. And he knows all the answers. But like, how boring does that get after a while? <laughs> that's a good one. One where, yeah. The that's... answers are preset or something like that. <laughs> okay, that's a good answer. But I, yeah, no, that's a terrible show to have to rewatch. Oh, my God. I mean, she does change the channel, though. She watches the news. Right, at one point. And hears about tombs. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. I thought that was funny. 
That was a I nice mean, little maybe, detail. Maybe she's like never gets to finish it. She keeps getting interrupted. So on the next loop, she's like, am I ever going to find out? What happens? <laughs> all right. That's all I had for Never Could Have Predicted. Oh, there was one. I absolutely love these movies. Like 100%. But I might have to bump it down to 99.99%. Because okay. there was one Never Could Have Predicted scene. Oh, the farting in the diner? Yes. <laughs> I knew I'm you were going to I'm not like that. a fan of bathroom humor unless it has a strong purpose. She is talking to Carter. She says it, nothing matters. So she burps and then farts in front of him and says, you won't remember tomorrow. I mean, I think you need a scene like that. You need, like, that's what I love about a time loop movie is, like, you need to set up the rules of the time loop and then let them play with all the things. She can walk through the quad naked. She can fart in front of a boy. Like, I love all that stuff. I mean, I get it, but they just, you did it with the naked scene. Do we need this? Also, this is when she confessed to Carter, like, about her mom being dead. (laughs) And it yeah. was just punctuated with that. Right. She was vulnerable in more ways than one. <laughs> that was really shocking to me because it didn't seem <laughs> to match the vibe of the movie. It, I mean, it's a comedy. How did it not? I guess. I just expected more from an interdimensional <laughs> time loop movie than a fart joke. I enjoyed that scene, actually. <laughs> All right. I think I'm done with the Never Could Have Predicted are you ready for our two questions? Yes. What did you like better? This is going to be hard. Happy Death Day or Happy Death Day to you? It's funny that you say it's going to be hard because I think it's an easy answer. I think I know what you're going to pick. I, I love think you like both the sequel. of them. Ooh, I do like the sequel. How did you guess? Because I've lived this day before. <laughs> I love both of them, honestly. And I think that they're individually both really well done. But I've never seen a sequel that shines as strong as this one. I think how it matched, how seamless it was, how many questions it answered, that you could watch it two to one or one to two, is genius. I really like the sequel. Plus, I thought the tone of the sequel was really funny. I like the power of the sequel. I like the fed upness of the sequel. Um, and you can't do that with the original, even though the original as its own movie was really good, too. It's really tough. I see what you're saying. As a sequel, it was so good. I love that they played with all this stuff like, hey, what are you looking for under there? Like, you know what I mean? Wrapping right. up these unanswered questions from the first one. That All that stuff was so clever. The I, shift in tone of the main character. Right. I mean, yeah, the kind of trick where you think Ryan's going to be the main character and then it goes back to Tree. There was just so much clever stuff. I love how it really matched up so well with the first one like it reminded me sort of i know this is high praise it reminded me of back to the future 2 which i think is one of the best sequels ever because that one kept going back to the original timeline from different angles and like this one did that so well where it really seemed like it was shot at the same time so i love it as a sequel i think as a sequel goes it's up there i just don't know if it was better than the original it's not for me a situation where it's better than the original. It's just a great sequel. It's a See, great example of what a sequel should do. It is a great example of a sequel, but I do think it was better than the original. I just thought it was funny. I thought her monologue was really well done. She delivered a great monologue in this one. I thought just wrapping up the time loops and seeing her killer, this was the person she saved in the second one, like what uh, other possibilities cool. there are. Yeah, that was cool. I don't know. I really liked it. 
So I'm picking I'm picking the sequel, but whichever one you pick, I think is also correct. Right. I think I'm gonna have to go with the original. I, I just thought it was just kind of a breath of fresh air. It was a fun reinvention of genres that I like. I mean, it had horror, it had comedy, it was you know, a college movie. It was just really fun. It was a clever angle on a time loop movie. I think if we hadn't seen the sequel, even though I do think that they that it almost works as a prequel, I do think if it had been a reveal that it was the roommate, it, it would have had a little extra yeah. juice to it. So I don't know. I just feel like for a sequel to be better than the original, it's like the original has to be flawed in some way and then the sequel improves on it. I don't know if the sequel did that. I don't think the original was flawed in any way, but I do think the sequel improved on the story of the original by uh, wrapping things up. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have to go original, but it's very close. Okay. It's maybe the closest we've well, had. Well, I was actually considering, you know, now that we've passed 100 movies, I used my one draw on Black on Magic. Black Magic, yeah. I was like, well, really, 101, am I going to use my draw on this one? <laughs> So I I would almost call it a draw. I didn't realize we established a rule of one draw per hundred movies. I'm just making it up right now, but I figured <laughs> since we only had one in a hundred. Now let's, I think you go with the sequel, I'll go with the original. But I'm reserving the draw. I'm coming back in time and maybe calling this a draw. <laughs> All right. Um, now what did you like better, this movie or the movie you predicted? Well, it's kind of funny because this was the movie we predicted. I mean, yeah, this was the closest. So I'm giving it to this movie. Whoever created this movie, this genre, thank you. It was so fun. I really enjoyed it. It was so refreshing and um, just well done. Yeah, I'll give it to this movie as well because I actually think Ryan being in it was better. I think the only reason I didn't think he was going to be in it was because that would be so hard to have a minor character become almost the star of the second one. But they did it. Yeah. I'm so. a huge fan. Who knew? How come we haven't heard more about Happy Death Day? Why doesn't this get it. press? I, I think it did. I think, I mean, it made a lot of money. I think we're just in a time where, but I, I mean, mean, unless a movie really is like a cultural touchstone you don't hear about it as much. I just feel like word of mouth. People should say, this movie's so fun. It's so clever. Nothing. Yeah. I mean. Uh, maybe it's because of it, it being horror and people disrespect the horror genre. Maybe. But I mean, I really think like this should have broken through in a way like that Scream did. Yeah. Where everybody saw Scream, even though it was a horror, because it was a mishmash of genres and it was a breath of fresh air. I'm surprised that more people... Well, that this didn't break through in the mainstream more. I'm I agree spreading with you. the word. Happy maybe, death day to you. I know. Maybe because it didn't have stars. Oh, that's another interesting you know, thing. It's all honestly, unknowns. it's all unknowns. But I think that that was so wonderful because number one, it's giving them a chance to shine. I think everyone did a great job. There wasn't like an actor that I thought was just terrible. No, not at all. I thought the actress who played Tree, I mean, she had to really play a whole range of emotions and characters, and I thought she was great. I think she did a great job. Everyone fit their role, and everyone fit the college student mold. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Alright, bravo. Happy Death Day. Well, what do we have next on the docket? <laughs> I'm actually excited. I was looking for a lighthearted movie. 
you know, not action to kind of break things up. Yeah. And I thought Happy Death Day was going to be horror. And I was like, oh, I can't wait till our breath of fresh air with the next movie. Little did I know I was getting it with Happy Death Day. Right. I think you're going to be really disappointed when we watch The Tooth Fairy 2. I know. I was looking forward to it, but now I think after this... I mean, anything after this probably was going to look bad, but this is the movie with Larry the Cable Guy. I thought it had The Rock. That's the first one. Okay. I and know, that's all I know about them. I know nothing about these movies except, yeah, the the poster or whatever is supposed to be a man in a tutu. Ha ha ha. Okay, but I thought it would be light <laughs> and funny. Well, we'll see. Well, as always, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ellie. This has been Reverse Sequels. See you next time. Bye. Reverse Sequels. Hi, welcome to Reverse Sequels. This is Patrick, and with me, as always, is... Ellie.